<laughs> All right. Welcome to paraglidingtalk.com. I'm your host, Robert Michaels. Glad you're here tonight. We have a special show. Mike Robbins, uh, Robinson is with us from Blackhawk. You're not going to want to miss a single second of this episode. This is going to be fantastic. Uh, we're joined tonight by Anthony Pierre, Gringo, Craig Taylor, Sean Nafsker is with us. Also, Nick is with us in a bunker somewhere, and we are live on the interwebs. You have found the best place possible for paragliding content, paramotoring content, and all things flying, really. So I'm glad that you're here. Let's go into the order of business. We've got sponsors, all kinds of sponsors for this show. I got to mention just a couple of them real quick. One of them is PPG Smoke, Ryan Roberts. He has an awesome website. Go check out ppgsmoke.com. All kinds of cool stuff on there for your paramotoring. If you want to make some smoke come out of your machine, you can do it with ppgsmoke.com. Uh, also, go check out paramotorprops.com. If you blow up a prop and you want to get a new one right out of the gate, jump on the internet. You don't even have to tell anybody that you blew a launch. That website is paramotorprops.com. Uh, also, uh, you can check out the website paraorangeproducts.com. Larry and the Bag Lady got all kinds of cool stuff on their website. They're even selling gear. Go check out their website at paraorangeproducts.com. If you want to support the show and you want to be a sponsor, hit me up on the website paraglidingtalk.com and we'll get you sponsored up. All right, people are logging in from all over the world. They are chiming in and checking in. I want to just say this before we get rolling with this show. If you're a lurking Larry and you're sitting in the chat not saying nothing, I want to encourage you to say something so that your name can be written down and we're going to put your name in the Winnie, what is it called? This spinny wheel of Winnie things. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And Sean's going to spin that wheel. And you're going to win something special. Actually, tonight we're going to do a, a giveaway. We're going to give away a uh, paraglidingtalk.com neck gator. If you're going to if you're going to be fighting the COVID war, you're going to need you're going to need something because you can't even go to the dang grocery store without covering up your face. Mike Robinson, thank you so much, man. I'm stoked that you're on. I've been meaning to have you on for a, at least a year, and it finally worked out. I uh, want to just give a little background. Mike is a, uh, he started hang gliding back, way back in the day. We're talking in the middle of the 80s. I was, if we said 85, I was five years old. So he's been flying for a minute. And uh, we got to talk just for a few seconds before the show. I don't know much about uh, Mike, but I, I've heard great things. And I'm excited that he's on here. We're going to pick his brain. If you've got questions for him, ping him in the chat. And uh, we're going to have a, a great, what I didn't see it. What does it say? I said, I don't feel 60. You don't feel 60. <laughs> you don't look 60. So that's good. Uh, so how did you get into the sport of paramotoring? Uh, he's the owner of, and the designer of Blackhawk. Uh, go check out their website. And oh man, I had it queued up here and I don't have it now. What is the website again? It's blackhawkparamotor.com blackhawkparamotor.com so go check out the website um he's got all kinds of cool stuff on the website i was i was uh scanning through trying to get some pictures sorry about the weak uh thumbnail that i made but uh who cares about thumbnails yeah, don't worry we're just hanging out and, and chatting yeah um, so yeah how did you get into the sport 
and, well, and take us down that road. It's an interesting story, honestly. Uh, we branded 98 head of calves one morning and me and the guys were, you know, you're bloody and stinky and, and we were hungry or we starving. So we were driving off in my truck to go uh, get some Mexican food and we're cruising along and all of a sudden I kind of felt a shadow and I looked out and uh, there's this guy flying right alongside of us, you know? With a paramotor? Yeah. And I'm like, I grew up in the aviation industry. My parents were crop dusters using helicopters. So oh, wow. I'm not a prideful, egotistical kind of guy, but I looked over and I'm like, that's stupid. I mean, that's just stupid. And two weeks later, I was flying one. No kidding. Go, go figure. And then uh, I was told that uh, there's this company called Paratoys and that it was for sale. And this was like 10 years ago, right? So we, you guys all remember what happened to the economy 10 years ago. And I was a builder, so it wasn't a great time to be a builder. Mm. So I ended up buying Paratoys about maybe 11 years ago now. So Wait, I bought it. I you own a damn Paratoys? Toy store. Well, I bought Paratoys and changed the name to Blackhawk and then quickly realized I was uh, somebody's last great sale and I had to reinvent the wheel. And sometimes the reputation wasn't so hot back then. So I had to deal with that for quite a while. No kidding. Uh, who who was it that was flying by and how did you get a hold of him? Um, I just tracked him down and just followed him and realized where he was going and then went and said hello and you're like hey i i want to do that where'd you get that yeah yeah no and then he kidding. came out to the ranch to do a couple demonstrations and um yeah so take us back to your hang gliding yeah i started hang gliding at 80 here in california elk mountain is mainly where i went and had a couple not so great crashes and uh realize that yeah well you know back in the 80s that sport was kind of dangerous the gliders aren't what they are now right and um uh, yeah then up in washington i moved to washington state and and started looking into paragliding up there tiger mountain and chelan no kidding yeah. and so well, uh, everything about power paragliding is what you dream about is being a pilot for the most part um what so i take me back to your paraglider i'm a free flight paraglider uh guy um mm -hmm. that's what i do. fly blossom all the time it's in my backyard um i love flying i love free flight uh i've flown paramotors i really want to get a paramotor actually people are donating and are, are almost there I, i'm close to three thousand dollars to be able to buy one mm -hmm. uh people on the in the super chat have been giving uh, i I went just, uh, by the way, thank you guys. I, I looked at the, uh, the amount of money that came in in the last two or three shows and my, my YouTube money thing is spiked. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting, starting to get itchy and, and uh, want to get in, get a motor so I can fly around with some of these guys. Anthony lives not too far from me. So he's been harassing me on a regular basis. He'll send me videos and, or he'll call me FaceTime me while he's in the air. <laughs> and uh when it's not kind flyable modern for me. technology huh anthony yeah he's been on the show live in the air just to awesome. harass all of us yeah yeah he does well, that regularly you know paragliding is great we still all paraglide it's just that for us up north here it's, it's either muscle rock or there's some inland places dunlap stuff like that but those are longer drives um marina have you ever flown marina you guys i haven't yet a marina is fun. It's, I don't know, six or seven miles of just dunes. 
Um, so I really like that. Thermaline, I've had a couple mishaps, Thermaline, and I, I don't know. I'd rather go fly the dunes now. But, um, uh, they call it Sand City? Sand City, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen it tons of times. I got invited a bunch of times. I haven't been out there yet, but I heard there was some controversy on going there. So before, because there's a lot of people watching right now, before you just decide, hey, I'm going to go to Marina, uh, check in with the locals, check in with somebody that you know that flies there because there's some um, there's some legality stuff that's been happening just in the last year. Um, yeah, you can message me if you're planning on going there and I'll try to connect you with the right yeah, people. The, the main connection point there is Reservation Road. And okay. That's, that's what a lot of the hangies launch from is from there as well. No kidding. But, yeah. Do you ever, you ever hang glide anymore? No. What's your go-to wing for uh, free flight? No motor. For free flight? Yeah. Um, I fly a Velocity Electra and then I have a uh, Ozone... Oh my gosh, what's it called? I don't remember. I don't remember what it's called. You're not flying a paramotor wing, are you? Our Electra is a free flight glider and we, we paramotor with it as well. It's about nine and a half to one glide ratio. It's a, it's a B, upper B glider. It's, it's a fun glider. Yeah, I, I fly a 23. Okay, 23. Yeah, that's, I think my Ozone is a... I don't want to say it's an Evo. Does that make sense? Evo four, Evo three. Mm, I'm I'm not too savvy on the Evos, um, but um, Rush or Swift. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, it's neither one of those. No. Uh -uh. Yeah. But it's an Ozone. Mm -hmm. hmm, I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, so let's segue into your uh, developing the company. So you you get. Uh, uh, you buy pair toys, which I thought pair toys is still around, isn't it? No, am I wrong? So there is maybe it's a. I I might be confusing it with um, a, a seller on eBay that uses the term pair toys. Well, anyways, uh, you you get this pair motor and you start selling the the pair motor, and you decide, you know what? Wait a second, something else is happening here. I don't like this this isn't working. Take us through how you uh, have brought what was to what is today with Blackhawk. Well, basically we were down in Camarillo. That's where Paratoys was. So I was down there for a month and a half or so uh, learning what it was all about. And it didn't take long to realize that one, there was no stock. Uh, a lot of the stuff that was being manufactured wasn't as clean as it should have been. Um, he had developed the four-wheel quad, which uh, I felt was going to be definitely a, a, a big hit, uh, but there was quite a few refinements that it needed. And I'd already built six of my own quads, all identical, that we were really happy with. So we started to manufacture those. Um, I've always been a fabricator. I used to build custom Harleys, drag race Harleys, had a bad crash down in Palmdale at the drags, broke my arm and my hand in 14 places. Um, but I used to weld and stuff like that. So the fabrication part was was pretty fun and and uh, kind of engaging, so to speak. So we started developing our own frames, our own quads, our own trike. And just I just realized I really needed to reinvent that particular wheel because uh, the company uh, wasn't keeping up with the time, so to speak. And just so you guys know, basically at that time, 
there was really fresh breeze. Uh, flat top was out there. Um, Paradrenaline, uh, you know, Nirvana had, had just started to come online. The owner of Nirvana, he ended up passing away. Um, Ryan Shaw took that over. Um, and we quickly started selling a lot of gear. Um, and then at the same time, the sport became more and more popular. And, you know, when you're kind of at the top, it's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay there. And we've seen a lot of competition. I think there's 50 something manufacturers now. And there was really four, maybe five at best when I first got into it. So competition's good. So it, at, at some point you're flying this gear, you, you decided something's wrong with this. I've got to, I've got to fix this. What, what was the main thing that pushed you over the edge to make changes and, and uh, shift gears? Uh some of the frames were outdated. Um, people were going to weight shift, lighter weight frames. Um, the gliders definitely he had uh, utilized uh, the design of a muse, the first muse. And though the glider was very safe, it wasn't uh, what you would really like to be flying. It was hard to bring up and uh, no oscillation, no, you know, it was a very stable glider, but it just was a heavier, older design of glider. Um, you know, Bob imported the uh, Black Devil motors, and those were the first motors by Corsair made for PPG. And they were a powerful engine. They were a good running engine, but they had starting difficulties, um, basically a vapor lock that was going on in the carburation and, and making starting the motor after you'd flown it difficult. Um, there was some problems with the exhaust, not necessarily cracking. I think uh, I think the exhaust, as far as cracking, were good, but um, the uh, manifold bolts were stripping out of the cylinder heads. Just pull starts would break. Uh, they were the old school, not the easy pulls. Just a, like basically a lawnmower pull start. Um, and he had gotten in a little bit of a row with the original owner of Corsair, the original owner of Black. I'm sorry, Paratoys did, and. Uh, so there was a little bit of bad blood there that had to be patched up. Um, he'd started using the compact radial MZ-34 engines out of Canada. And uh, that guy was kind of a pain to deal with. Um, didn't seem to think that there was problems with the engines um, when in fact there were. And it'd be best if you just fix the issues and everybody's happy. Got to remember, this is service industry. You know, you somebody, you talk them into purchasing from you, they trust you. And and you need to come through with what with what you provide them. So that was all a learning curve, le learning curve for sure. Um, now we import Vitarazzi's um, and we import Corsairs. We are the importer uh, for the Helbinko four-stroke engines, which are pretty badass, you guys. Those things are cool, but they're not foot launch motors. Those are for our low boy three uh, quads uh, or trike. That's a, a fuel-injected four-stroke. It's water-cooled, still has a clutch. The thing sounds like a Cessna, puts out a massive amount of thrust. Um, so the whole game on our end is really elevated. Last year, uh, perhaps a lot of people don't know this because I think we kind of remain fairly low-key, is that we sold 604 packages. That's wow. quite a bit. Yeah. That is a lot. And your average Blackhawk pilot, they don't really – they're not on Facebook. They're not really into YouTube. They don't really go to fly -ins. They just fly a lot. 
Um, our average age purchaser is 56. No kidding. Yeah. 56 and 225 pounds. Wow. Yeah. We really keep a close eye on that. It was 55 and it's, it might even be a little higher than that now. We'd have to check, but we had a group of students. We average about five to seven students a week here at, at the ranch. And um, three weeks ago, we had a group and the average age was 64. And what? Wow. Sean, those guys did really good, man. It was unbelievable. They did wow. really, really well. But yeah, Sean's old. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just. How old are turned. you, Sean? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm 43. Okay, he's not really old. Shit. <laughs> I'm a spring chicken. <laughs> Anthony, how old are you? Chicken. Now, uh, Anthony's old. I got, into it. I got into it at 50, and I remember uh, looking at your website, too, and I remember you guys mentioning average age was around 55. So I thought, yeah. well, I got a shot. Yeah. <laughs> By it's the way, crazy, I want to but cool. say spe uh, special thanks to uh, two people, uh, Big Tex. Uh, donated $25 to the Super Chat. He said, Robert Flies. Jim Furman donated $25 to the Paramotor Funds. Let's go explanation point. Let's go. I really appreciate you guys. I know, uh, Jim. Good good job, Jim. Yeah, these guys are awesome. And that's not the first time. These guys, uh, they they really want me to uh, to get a motor. And I really want to get one. It's it's like a... Uh, I, it's you know kind how of you can tell? You know how you that's can tell. how I got into look it. At the, look at the cheese. Look at the cheese on his face. He's just talking about it, and he's nothing but cheese. Well, hey, hey, listen, it's it's a no-brainer. With paramotor, you can fly twice a day. Yeah, I know. You're only once a day. I know. That's Mark. He's harassed me a few times about, you know, South African Mark. Uh, what do you call him? Zulu? Yeah, Zulu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, awesome. Mark, Mark that's racist. Yeah, Zulu. <laughs> Mark. Mark's like... Mark's like, hey, maybe after work we can, uh, we'll go free fly, and then we can go and take the uh, the motors out. You're gonna get a motor, Robin, and I'm like, I don't have a motor. And these guys, like these guys, are all coming to the Arizona thing. They're they're uh, anyways. That's that's uh, let's talk about your son. Your son got into paragliding, paramotoring at the age of seven. Well, he didn't fly paramotors. He he started you know kiting and towing and. And okay. uh, some free flight. Yeah. He's still not into paramotors. Um, okay. Okay. I he likes I the free fly and, and surf. He surfs a lot. So how old is he now? He's 15. He's 15 now. Okay. Yeah. And, and man, do they ever grow? Yeah. He's no grown kidding. five and a half inches in, in less than a year. So he's almost taller oh than me. I'm not a very tall guy. I'm like five inches right there. No kidding. I got to make sure I stay in shape. Uh, Nick Griffith just donated $25 to the super chat. He said, uh, paramotorkits.com, paramotorkits.com. Uh, heard of it, Mike? Question mark. And I don't know if that's loaded or what, uh, but uh, the uh, my son just turned 16. He's gonna be driving. And then I have, I have four boys. So there's, uh, they go down in age from there. And uh, two, of, two out of four have done free flight. And they're, they're, uh, uh, we did one, I was worried about the one just taken off. And so we tied a rope to him and we held on to him. Uh, but tape, he's done a little, a little something up the, the bunny hill. Uh, gosh, these guys are, uh, donating, uh, Kelby Cox donated 
$25 to the Paramotor Fund. He's a resurgence PVG alumni. Thank you, Kelby Cox. I didn't even know he was watching. Thank you. Yeah, resurgence is a, is a cool deal. You know? Oh, yeah. You heard about them. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, my son took his first flight at Sand City, and it was the same thing. I took okay. him about, oh, halfway down the dune there, and I got it, Dad. I got it. I got it. And he turns around and pulls this thing up, and, man, he was going straight up. And I jumped no. up and grabbed him by the by the uh, feet. And I turned around. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's kicking and flailing. Like, let go, let go. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I took him all the way down to the bottom. And then I let him go. He's gone for two miles. <laughs> no you know, kidding. If, if I'd have let him go up there, up higher, he probably would have been in Fresno. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up getting a, what do you call it, a little cloud glider for him. Because that 21 meter core pretty efficient glider is going to take him away so he stayed right on the edge of the lift band and went a long ways that was his first flight that was about he's about 10 i think 10 or 11 so it was his first real flight i I got a loaded question for you uh who trained you um i got started with rick hallows rick rick got me going yeah local guy and how much time did you spend uh on the ground compared to what you're um training people now well (laughs) these were the old days man we just uh started the motor we went for it you know what you're about to share right now is why we have this show (laughs) (laughs) my first flight was into a tree no yeah all right i had no idea um how much you could really turn the glider what it felt like i had no idea so I was afraid of pulling and, you know, spinning into the ground. So I just kind of maintain a, a with the torque, a left hand veering path off towards the trees. And I was doing body English to try to get away from the trees. I missed like four or five trees and ended in the top of an oak tree and snapped oh. off a three inch uh, limb. And uh, I came down upside down and uh, the cage took the brunt of it and I've been into extreme sports almost my whole life. You know, I kind of got up, checked and my nose was bleeding. My lip was cut, but I was good. And um, I just remember my dad and Rick running up and they were like white, just white. And I'm like, that was awesome. And I'm looking over at my machine. I go, Rick, how long is it going to take to fix this thing? Because oh. I couldn't wait to get back up and, and do it right, of course. But I think I was clinching, you know, yeah. yeah like that. And I, I wasn't climbing, even though I was full throttle and target fixation. And another thing is your headsets. You know, we used headset like this. There wasn't I uh, didn't have a helmet and um, really shitty. There's my 10 bucks. Really got them. Reel them in <laughs> a real crappy radio set that never worked. I'm like, Rick, I bought some new radios. Can we just use mine? No, no, these will work, you know? And they didn't work. Next thing I know, I'm like, and the headset just fell down on my oh, lap. No. So I, I just figured, okay, full throttle. So I was holding full throttle, but I was just veering off to the left and going uphill, you guys, okay? Going uphill. Uh, was I straight down the airstrip? No. I veered off to the left and ended up in the tree. But Oh. Yeah. And that was your very first flight? That was my very first flight. But it didn't scare you away. Oh, no. No, I was... I was, I'm pretty tenacious. So you mentioned you you have some aviation background with your, your parents doing helicopter uh, pest control. 
for the um, fields. Yep. What uh, what experience did you have going into paramotoring that you transferred over? Well, we I don't know if really an, an airplane GA really transfers over. You know, you might maybe your knowledge of the wind. I don't know some stick and throttle, but tail dragger experience. We had a super cub for a long time um, on floats. I had Quicksilver's on floats. Um, of course, the helicopters, and I think my favorite plane and and Nick uh, might know, but my dad had a uh, Yak 52 tail dragger. That was like a Harley Davidson in the sky. That thing was really cool. And where your ranch is, are you do you don't do you have a runway? Yeah. Oh yeah, you we do. have an we have an airstrip. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's about 1,500 feet long, can be extended to about 2,700, but it works well for any of the planes that fly into here. No kidding. Yeah. You guys um, will have to come up for the flying. You'll have a paramotor, Anthony. Come on up. You know, I'm getting close. Um, in April, you guys, it's, 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 I'm telling you, it's a great place to fly. Yeah, on that note, tell us about that, uh, that next fly in. It's always the first Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday after tax day. Yeah. We've had great weather. Like I said, got people flying in from Tahoe from some great distances. They'll have a car, you know, a truck come in with their camping gear, but it's, it's a, it's a cross country Mecca. You don't take off and, and, you know, fly to a certain farm field or whatever. This place you're like looking around going, Oh my gosh. That's you know, beautiful. all kinds of places. Like, yeah, so we have nine lakes. That you can fly to. So, you, you guys, guys let, uh, I'm sorry, you guys let campers and, and uh, let people tent uh, set up their tent and trailers there, right? Oh, absolutely. No charge. Just come on out. Just use common sense. Sure. You know, we've had one guy that came in. I won't mention a name, but he was a problem. He was a problem at another person's flying. He went down in a river because he's flying too low and went into some power lines, put him into a river. And, um, some people asked him if he could come back and, you know, I said, okay, well, I walked up to him. I said, don't take any gray areas, you know, not even a gray area. Well, next thing I know, the sheriff's department from another County is oh. out at my place with fire department, with the highway oh. patrol. The guy was buzzing the CHP or the, the park helicopter on its launch pad. Oh, flying around wow. it. At, wow. And this is at Lake Comanche. I don't know. Sometimes, My man, word. I don't get it, but they drove a long ways out to this ranch to talk to you, talk to me and, and find out who he was. And yeah, brutal. So we don't want to lose any flying sites. And yeah, we, we spent a lot of time talking about that on the show. I'm not going to dig into that too much because I think every episode we talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about your um, you trained a paraplegic guy named Russell uh, Metzliski. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. How did that go down? And I think that's super cool, by the way. Um, first of all, I'm really surprised that there's not more people wanting to, to do it the way that we did it because it came out as close to perfect as you can get. Um, we used a low boy two quad. And what I did is I designed a caster front end. Okay. But the wheels aren't going whichever way. They're connected via a tie rod. So in my, some of my videos, you can see me doing 360s, herding cattle, you know, doing obviously 180s. And wherever I turn that glider, that quad will instantly turn, instantly. And with the tie rod, you don't get that bump 
steer that chatter, you know? But what else is great about the tie rod is we gave Russell a little spring-loaded handle. He's paralyzed from basically the chest down, okay? So the spring-loaded handle, he can pull the handle off and set it down in, in this receiver on the tie rod. And now he can steer the quad. He can warm it up. He can do whatever he needs to do. He's not uh, totally reliant upon somebody uh, having to help him. But then he stows that handle when he's all warmed up and hooked up to his glider. But if he makes a mistake, let's say the glider you know, swings off to the right side and he hits the kill switch, the quad will automatically steer towards the glider as it should and, and he can uh, stop. Um, it's a phenomenal way I, to learn for somebody with any type of handicap. We also rigged it to where if you don't have use of your arms, that you can steer it with your feet. So kind of like a power parachute, right? Yeah. Um, so that really works out great. I thought about using it for the school, but really, as you guys know, you know, a healthy person, somebody without a handicap needs to do their job properly. Having a quad that does all of your work for you in, in your launching and landing, uh, uh, doesn't really teach you everything, but um, it would make things easier. But yeah, Russell's a great guy. Um, he's not flying that much uh, because where he lives, it's it's just not real conducive. And then after he started flying, he ended up they ended up pregnant, and uh, he's got two uh, two little ones, which is pretty awesome. I think wow, they weren't sure if that could happen or not. But, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was. Um. Yeah. Let's give something away, shall we, Sean? Sean wants yeah. to get off of work. He's he's been, you know, frantically putting everyone's name in the spinny wheel of Winnie things. Yes. Absolutely. Now, now he's off work after this. So he's gonna declare right now no one else can be entered. Oh, it's spinning. That's ah, okay. As soon as I opened it, but here we go. Go ahead. That's fine. Your name's been written down. This show is brought to you by Nebraska PPG. Josh Bowden runs a school in Nebraska. If you're interested in getting top-notch training, sign up with Josh and his team today. There's a link in the description if you want to get a hold of them. The show is also brought to you by the Tri-State Skywalkers. If you're in the Indiana, Kentucky, or Ohio area, you can reach out to Brandon McLeod. Joining a flying club will help you to grow in the sport, make you a safer pilot. If you're interested in joining the Tri-State Skywalkers, you can follow the link in the description. Also, germgladiator.com. Go check out their website. They sell hand sanitizers and uh, pretty reasonably priced. Go check out that website as well. Oh, it's going to be close. Nick. Mark H. Mark H. Cool. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Congratulations. You are the winner of a paraglidingtalk.com neck gator. Uh, to claim your prize, please go to the website paraglidingtalk.com and go to the uh, contact section of the website and then give me your details and I will send that out to you right away, right away. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some hairy, sketchy moments in your flying career. Uh, have there ever, has there ever been a time that you went flying and it was out of control and scared the life out of you and you learned a bunch of stuff? And so tell yeah. me, <laughs> you were frozen there for a second, Mike, you, you're oh. back with us now. Okay. Okay. Um, 
you know, we do a lot of cross country here. Lots, long, long distance stuff. And Paramount I, cross country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So That's I'd have cheating. to say that there's been a couple uh, times where uh, uh, no collapses except for one, but you kind of thought it was imminent and that's kind of hairy, right? Like you're, you're stuck. You're, you got to continue on. Um, so I've had a couple of those instances, but we were up North at uh, the lot on the lost coast. Maybe some of you guys have seen that video on our website, you know, explore America, the lost coast. I think that was really the first real documentary of, of of decent quality that, that, you know, we had, but, um, uh, on that particular trip, um, I, uh, was cruising along near shelter cove and it was quite cold out. And then all of a sudden I hit warm air, like warm. And I just stopped and went straight up. I went up over a thousand feet and getting up to the top. I'm looking down. I'm like, I haven't even gone a hundred feet forward, you know? And I was only 100 feet out over the water, over the water, mind you, and 100 feet up. And I could see over into over the mountains, into the valley of the next town. And all of a sudden, the glider just kind of shook and she just wadded up. And the next thing I know, I'm spinning 180 degrees and I'm staring at my logo. You know, logos right here. Ooh. And, uh, you know, reflex gliders, you don't have a lot of uh, control over reinflations with those things you're just gonna have to wait um and uh she she reinflated and i dropped back down underneath her and now i was heading north when i was heading south and uh i radioed my buddy christoph i says hey is this getting a little hairy down there where you are because he was about a mile or so ahead of me and he says yeah he's from germany and german heavy accent and he says oh man i'm turning around <laughs> you know <laughs> he says i'm getting rocked and it was basically catabatic winds coming from the valley. And uh, it was gnarly. It was, you know, I, I went up like really fast. I mean, took your breath away. It was so fast. And uh, what time of the day was this? Probably about, if I remember right, 1030 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. See, there, there has been a handful of, of days this last season that I went and flew, and we, we launched one of the days we flew Laguna. I don't know if you're familiar with any of the sites. Um, it faces the Salton Sea. It's that whole giant mountain range. I think the launch is at like 5,500 feet or something like that. Um, we launched at like 945, and guys had a huge day that day, 945 in the morning, and thermals are popping. So choose your battles wisely on the paramotor especially if you're if you don't have a good bump tolerance uh, yeah i mean it was it was strange and I, that's the only paramotor collapse i've ever had that and i probably collapsed them on purpose two thousand times you know with no problem never any problem but this was just kind of unexpected and you know we tell our students we tell our customers and fellow pilots you know hey usually early in the morning late in the evening you're good the weather was cold. I was wearing gloves and I don't wear gloves. It was just, Ooh. it was weird. Were you in that uh, deflation at all, depending on how long it was, were you considering at all at any time uh, tossing the reserve? No, it it happened so quick. You know, 99.9% .9 of the time your glider is going to reinflate, you know, um, but it just, it wadded up so quickly and I was going up so quickly. I felt slack in the lines right there. And then wow. when I started to feel back, fall back underneath the glider, it's when she spun me. And, you know, like I said, I'm staring at my, at my logo. 
and you that's fly with I, the reserve? I I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you ever toss it? Not no. Mm -mm. No. Nice. Um, uh, S SIV stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. I, I do want to talk about that. Um, your SIV because you do some training. Go ahead, Anthony. Sorry. No, I was going to say all I was saying was that that's a that's a great stretch, uh, a career, uh, uh, a tremendous amount of hours in flying, and he's never really had to throw in his reserve. But like you know, people say it's yeah. nice to have it when you need it. So. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, and I have a lot of time flying, but you know, and I know I did crash into a tree my first time, but. I'm a pretty cautious pilot, you know, I know when to fly or I feel I know when to fly and when not to fly and I, I don't really push those envelopes. Um, and we train people to try to be as considerate of Mother Nature as you can, because you just don't know. I've been flying next to people, I mean, 25 feet apart and watch their glider wad up. Mm. I didn't feel a thing. Heidi, Heidi and I were flying up north on a cross country um and we were flying right next to each other through a valley there was elk everywhere it was an amazing flight and i was getting rocked i mean rocked and we were only 50 feet off the deck and i was like shoot do i try to put down and crash putting down or do i stay at my 50 feet do i try to climb so i just tried to you know massage the, the, the that thought of you know where i am and then i looked over and i realized I was in the shadows. The sun was coming up. Oh. I was right in the shadow line and she wasn't. Wow. So I ended up crossing over the top of her and and back into clean, clean air. But hmm. that was weird. And I mean, we're talking twitch and pitch. You know, <laughs> I thought that collapse was imminent and not at 50 feet off the ground. It wasn't going to be good. By the way, my mom donated $20 to the Super Chat. Thank you, mom. She's the greatest. You sure she's that our, wasn't for laundry soap? Just PR. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> I got a lot of laundry. Robert. All these kids are all over the place. Uh, so, so you do some SIV training. Uh, talk about that. How, uh, how does that work out with the, uh, obviously that's separate from the initial training that somebody would get if they go with your uh, package. Yeah. But uh, talk about that. We used to do SIV. We're not doing it anymore. Um, oh, okay. one of our guys had a boat then another trainer had a boat that we had a winch in and, um, we just got too busy. Mm. We're just too busy. Now, so if you get any breathing room now, you just want to go do something with the kids or sit on your fanny for a little while, you know? Right. Um, it's just, it's weird. You guys, I don't know about you, but this COVID thing, we have been absolutely slammed. The school has been packed. Um, sales are very strong um corsair i don't know if any of you guys have checked out the new line of corsair motors but uh we're selling corsair at least 30 to 1 over our vitarazis right now um and they're earning it they're earning it they're really good motors and i was going to mention we we talked about fields right flying sites well their motors are very quiet and we're finding out more and more often than not that uh, quietness, I think we're going to see PPGs get quieter in the future because some of them are quite loud. You know, I, I think the mosters are quite loud and I think we need to quiet them down. But the, uh, if you look at the Corsairs, you'll see why they're 
they're quite a bit quieter. That exhaust is pretty cool. Is your best seller for the Corsair, the, the Black Devil 172? Is that what you're talking about? The Black Devil 172 and the Black B. And yeah. maybe that's something we could delve on and get your your guys' input on this. Um, I'm a less is more kind of guy. Um, the Atom 80 is a good little engine. Um, it had some issues last year, but I think that they've rectified those issues. I, I'm, I'm flying one now. Um, but so many people want to put somebody that's not real big on a Moster or a Black Devil. The, the, their Black B125, that's what I've been normally flying. I never go to full throttle. That thing is so awesome. It's super quiet, less torque, um, torque effect. Um, it gets really good fuel mileage. So for cross country, oh my gosh, I can go, I'm pushing almost four hours. That's a wow. long ways. Yeah. So, no kidding. but a lot of people don't have the 125, you know? Um, but I think that that's, that's, that's 50% of our foot launch sales with, with the 172. And of course the Moster um, up right there, I'm trying to sell more of the Atom 80s, but when you have the 125, anybody that's on the edge, I don't know what you think about that, Sean, but you know, if you're on the edge, uh, my, my idea is, is if you're 170 pounds or so, you can easily fly the 125 and that motor will be idling with your weight to maintain straight level flight. It's not working, but an 80 is, is working more, um, especially when you do multiple climb outs. So as we all know, heat kills two strokes. The more RPMs you run, you got to do the math. You know, the more RPMs you run on the motor consistently, the less lifespan it's going to have. So, um, Having the 125 has been pretty cool. But yeah, the 172, relatively the same power as the Moster, but uh, how many issues with them? Mark Amundsen is just flying one. Uh, you guys familiar with Harley, the 50X guy? Yeah, he's he'll be on the show soon because he's about to kick off his his next adventure. Yeah, well, I won't I won't say much, but he he got a new Kestrel um, uh elite pro frame and he wanted the most I said, look, just try this Corsair and you guys can read what he thinks of it. It's, 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 he's, he's enamored with it. So we talked just before the show started about the Castrol elite pro talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that. That's a, uh, would you consider that an ultra light uh, frame compared to other frames? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> People said that, you know, everybody's going to titanium. Okay. And, and that's great. Um, but titanium has some flaws as well. And when you compare air, an aircraft grade aluminum to the titanium, you're only talking about grams difference. So they said, well, titanium stronger. And I argued that it's not stronger. So shortly, we're going to show you a video compared to another manufacturer, just the frame. And I'm going to show you this elite pro weighs two pounds more and it is 10 times stronger. Our engine is spaced two and three quarter inch, the prop is spaced two and three quarter inches out the back, not seven and a half inches, not nine and a half inches out the back. This frame will not flex. It's very rigid. It still uses the teardrop shape hoop. It uses carbon fiber rods or, or spars. It uses a double uh, netting tightening system, which as many people know, it's like when you use shear nailing on plywood on a roof. It, the strength factor of properly nailing it down is is 
a hundredfold if you didn't apply the proper number of nails in the field, so to speak. It, it creates a diaphragm and the net's important. The, the nets that are kind of flimsy are not providing any di uh, structure you know, to the, to the hoop, to the frame itself. So that does make a difference there as well. But this frame is very, very rigid and it's two and a half inches bigger in diameter. So we've got a lot more prop clearance. You can go up to 135 centimeter prop without a problem, which again means less RPM and maybe four or five pounds more thrust, you know. The, the difference in five centimeters is uh, Explore America, the Lost Coast. That was uh, done by uh, David Royer, who's a big time hang glider pilot, a free flight guy. Rex Pemberton, you guys have probably know who Rex Pemberton is. Uh, there's a couple of I buddies have. of mine. Rex, Rex was the youngest Aussie to ever climb Everest solo, un, unassisted. And he's also the jet, the jet pack guy. He's got a, a jet no wing kidding. that he does. Yeah. His wife, uh, maybe Nick, I don't know if Nick's still around, but uh, Nick, uh, his ex-wife is Melissa Pemberton. And uh, she's a U.S. Uh, Unlimited Aerobatics team member and flew at Oshkosh. I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys ought to check out Rex. It'd be, be interesting to get Rex on your show sometime. No you know? kidding. Rex yeah, he's, Pemberton. Yep. Right. He's right up here. In, he's right up here in Groveland out of Pine Mountain uh, Airport. Um, but yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Very interesting young Aussie. But, he flies um, paramotors too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you watch the Explore America Lost Coast, that's Rex is the narrator. And David Royer uh, is from New Guinea. Uh, pretty famous uh, hang glider pilot. Yeah, good guys. But um, nice. Sean, we're talking, you know, too, is a lot of these guys are flying an 80 on a very small glider. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, that doesn't balance out. But you're, you're right. The 125 is a good fit in between. If we ever meet up, I'll, I'll give you one to fly. I think you'd be really impressed. It's, it's as close to an electric paramotor as I've, as I've flown. It's, it, there is no RPM, you know, pipiness or rampiness in that motor at all. Um, the Corsair Black Devil is quite smooth too. Yeah, and the, vi the Vitarazzi is. The Vitarazzi is. But these are smoother. They really are. Yeah, I'd like to check it out sometime, man. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your, I mean, you've got a, a lot of options with motors and stuff. Uh, Gladys, what's your go-to motor and wing combo? Oh, um, I still fly our nitro. It's our reflex glider. Um, we're not really producing it anymore. Uh, we're working on another glider right now, but I really like that glider. Um, it's the funnest glider I've ever had to land. I mean, hundred foot long skids are just a dream with that thing. Um, it's got a, what is it? Uh, forget the aspect ratio now. It's, it's, it's quite elongated. It looks like a Delta, you know, his own Delta up there. But um, it's a pretty, pretty fun glider to fly. Um, a lot of our guys are just flying the core. I don't know if you guys have seen, Ant, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Andrew Fuller. He just, oh, yeah. flew, they just flew the, the core uh, 20 and his guys were, pretty amazed it's, it's we we do a lot of acro on that beginner glider and it's a lot of fun to fly um so we play yeah around andrew, with that. andrew's been on the show a couple times and um a handful of guys have gone do an siv with him i hear he does a great job um, yeah that that's pretty nice yeah yeah he's a and great guy basically full time too you know yeah he's cranking mm -hmm. yeah that's good to have him out there and 
what what's a plane flight and it's not that far to fly to go do something super cool like that yeah i did my first siv this year and uh i went to uh lake berryessa with max marion from yeah. uh, uh tory pines and that was really fun i was yeah. actually anti-siv before i went and now i'm all about it love it it's for some people and not for others. We've got a lot of PPG guys that just don't need that kind of stress. Fly your A glider, fly it in the good conditions and go up and have some fun because that's that's what it's all about. And Brad's back on the scene now. You know, he had his complications, but he's, you know, Brad Geary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's back on the scene and, and going after it. And I see. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Brad Geary. Yeah, him and Max were uh, buddies and flying PPG and free flight and doing their Acro stuff. Right. Years ago, and and um, they kind of uh, uh, Max kept kept on, and Brad got in a little bit of trouble, but uh, he's all good and he's back at it. He's doing a lot of wingsuiting and stuff like that now. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard uh, Brad Geary's pretty amazing uh, pilot, pretty amazing guy. He is. He's a, he's a really good pilot, as yeah. is Max. I seen a picture of Max just like yesterday, man, and he looks all cleaned up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's doing good. He's he's yeah. running the show over there right now, so he's got to he's got to uh, make sure that he he's not dirt bagging. He's the leader now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look down. I go. That's Max. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's he, doing really good. Those guys used to come out to Salton Sea. Okay. Right. They would fly by on a paramotor and one of them would grab the cage yeah. <laughs> and hang there yeah, and then drop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is my event. I'm like, I didn't see that. So I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll save it for the after show. I've got some pretty interesting stories to share myself. Okay. We've got some <laughs> awesome stuff that, uh, when, so, uh, your go-to setup then is the, most 185 did i catch that right no i'm flying the oh my go-to setup is the black yeah. b 125 by corsair and okay. i'm now flying the new um kestrel uh elite pro which is the eight pound frame the other kestrel frames about five pounds heavier this is a really lightweight frame okay yeah and, and i did notice the weight sean it you know three four pounds does make a difference but yeah. when you have a a motor that you put on a scale and it weighs 44, 45 pounds. That's all great. But when that motor spaced seven and a half inches out the back and you put it on your back, it doesn't feel 44 pounds. So that's kind of deceiving in a way. And I don't like the idea of a prop sticking seven and a half inches out the back from a manufacturing liability customer student aspect. You know, I've had guys just turn and they catch their prop in the lines. Right. Yeah. So, um, weight is one thing but weight that it feels like on your back is another we keep our engines tight to your back and like i say the the, the prop is only two and three quarter inches out the back so the safety factor i, I think is there but yeah that's like my that. go-to and then you know guys were selling a heck of a lot of these low boy threes with the uh, four-stroke engines on them a lot there's 14 on the build sheet right now let me ask you another controversial question. If, uh, if a guy buys his own um, quad and uh, I'm thinking of somebody, I'm asking for a friend, if, if he wanted to come out and uh, get training with you, uh, would you work out a deal with them to do that? Because a lot of guys would just say, no, I don't, you bought your own gear. You, you, you made your bed sleep in it. We, we, um, we, don't, we don't play that. We, we don't care what gear you're flying. We're here to help you get in the air. 
you know, you, look at our pricing. You know, I mean, people say, well, Blackhawk's cheap. You know what, guys? We manufacture our own gliders. I'm giving you the glider for 1300 bucks, which is $350 less than it cost me to build a damn thing. Okay, that's where the savings is. It's not in any of the material. I'm using the same motors as everybody else. It's about the cost, eighty six hundred bucks, or like Sean, the other the other motors, eighty three ninety five, complete with a glider. That's a really good package deal, two year warranty. So, if somebody else wants to build their own motor, what have you, we're here for the sport. We're here to get you flying. I don't care. Sign up for your training. The train is 2,500 bucks. If somebody buys a package, it's 2,100. So obviously your train is going to be 2,500. That's awesome. Now what we will do is we will use our equipment to get you in the air. Okay. Cause we, we know our equipment. We're going to get you in there on our equipment. Then your last flights, we'll make sure yours is dialed in and, and you can go fly your, your equipment then. Oh, that's and, super slick. Which brings up another thing. I don't know if you guys have watched Coffee with Mike and Mike at all. We're going to try to do more of them. Um, our last one was the realities of training. And that was kind of neat because we've really been monitoring our training the last year. And now if we see anybody starting to struggle with the foot launch, rather than wear their fannies. There you go. <laughs> You're quick. Hey, there's an Adam 80. That's mine, you guys. <laughs> sorry to mean it i didn't mean to uh, knock you off your uh your tracks so you, you you were saying about if a guy uh if he's struggling because yeah. we all know that some people they struggle you know they're they're maybe not in the greatest shape or maybe they're just not getting it and the longer you have them out there running up and down the field you know with a motor on their back or kiting they get worn out and that's when injuries can happen. That's when men mentally they're just not connecting. So what we've discovered is that, you know, Mike or Brandon will walk up to him, put their arm around him and say, Hey man, you've been thinking about that quad. Yeah, I'm, I'm beat. Let's put you on that quad and that quad in a day or two, they are with what they already knew they're flying. And then they're understanding the dynamics of throttle operation or throttle control, the dynamics of taking off. And, and landing and they can pick up that foot launch way way easier so check out maybe that video and we kind of go into depth on how we discovered that and and uh, how successful these guys yes. have been go check out their uh, youtube uh i didn't put a link in the description yet but i will it's blackhawk paramotor on youtube uh coffee with mike and mike yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, episode five, reality of training. Is that the yep. one you were talking about? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we didn't so, talk politics this time. <laughs> oh, nice. I'll, I'll have to go and check those out. I've I've actually I didn't realize that you guys had a YouTube channel. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, by the way. Uh, I, I I didn't mean to hold you hostage at work. Uh, but I appreciate you doing that. We were talking before the show and he was going to use his phone at the house. And uh, I like the fact that there's no distractions. You had a good microphone and everything. So thank you uh, for doing that. Uh, uh, we got just a, a minute uh, before we're going to go to the after show. If you have any quick questions that you wanted to ask, um, now's your chance in the chat. Uh, there's a, there is one question from Jim in CR 120, and you can answer this in a minute or, or 
what you can. Uh, what new developments would you like to see in the sport? Equipment improvements, pilot skill improvement, uh, or other? And uh, I know that's a, a lot to unpack. Well, you know, one thing that probably could be delved into and maybe brought up in another show, um, instructor ratings. I think that uh, they're doing the best they can as far as the USPPA, but I think that uh, instructor ratings uh, in many cases are given too early. Um, I'm seeing or hearing a lot of stories of where people just didn't feel safe and left training. Um, not everybody can be an instructor or trainer. That's kind of a gift that, that you have. A, a good trainer draws from experience and a good trainer is going to have three or four different ways to explain the very same thing. It's just people learn differently. Um, I would like to see perhaps a, um, oh, what do you guys, what do you call it when you, like in, in horse training, you know, I'm involved in ranching and horses, but you, uh, it's like a mentorship where you go work for somebody, uh, somebody that's a truly qualified trainer and you work for them X period of time before uh, you go and hang out your, your intern, an internship. Intern. Yeah, I really think that there needs to be an internship. We, we can't be like Starbucks and there's an instructor slash dealer on every corner. Right. People are going to have to travel a little ways to get to the right people. And I think it's the USPPA's responsibility to make some changes in this avenue and, you know, see what we can do. If, if you're not willing to go work for somebody for six months or something and get your card, so to speak, is what we have with the horse training training. Um, then maybe this isn't for you. It's not about the money, man. It's you're taking on a great responsibility when you tell somebody, yeah, I can train you. Yeah. You know, we don't want the FAA stepping on our toes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so what we're going to go to the other? after show guys. Thank you so much, Mike. We have to do another show. Will you, uh, will you come on again? You bet. You bet. Oh, I'd, I'd love it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the moderators, Sean Nafsker, Anthony Peregringo, Nick KCR80RW, and uh, Craig Taylor. Thank you guys for what you guys do. Uh, all the super chat. Thank you guys. I'm I'm getting close, man. Getting close. It's coming. Where do uh, I pay my ten bucks? Yeah, you can go to <laughs> Patreon, or you can go to to PayPal, or you could do it in the in the super chat. But you're almost out of time for that. Uh, send me a you. PayPal tomorrow. I'll send okay, you ten yep. bucks. I'm sending it. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you guys.